<coughs> hey, Ralph. Hey, Jim. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm, do <coughs> I'm doing well. I seem to have a frog in my throat, but except for that, I'm doing well. Hey, we're going to have a special series, Ralph, and I'm excited about it. What series is that, Jim? <laughs> well, it's uh, one we've talked about for a while, and it's uh, kind of designed for university students who are about ready to graduate. Now, oh. remember with Psychology Takeaway, we focus on the content of psychology, which is how you think, cognition, how you behave, behavior, and how you feel, emotion. Okay. Okay, now this has got something <clears throat> that is uh, really highly tied to all of that, and that is money. Okay, uh, well, uh, I know how I behave with money. How I do spend you... it. <laughs> yeah, and, and when you have no money left, what do you do? I don't spend it. <laughs> well, <clears throat> some people, when they have no money left, they spend it anyway. Uh, Call credit. Yeah, sounds okay. like maybe the government. Uh... <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We're not going to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> but <clears throat> we have a special guest here. And uh, um, I still think I'm sounding froggy. I'm not sure. But I don't know if you remember, Ralph, oh, about two nights ago we were sitting around at my place on the couch and uh, uh, Mason Ludlow was with us. I remember that, and we had a very interesting conversation about success after graduation. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have counselors and maybe even a one-hour non-credit course that they take at the beginning of their university career about success in college. Sure, but, study hard, uh, don't party too much on the weekends, etc. 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 And very few people ever talk to students today about success after college other than go out, get a great job, make lots of money, and now don't worry. Hey, that's, and hey, sounds great to me. Um, did that ever happen to you? No. That didn't happen to me either. Well, so Mason is here in our palatial studio today, and uh, um, his name is Mason, as in Mason Vixen Line, okay. and Lee as in General Lee, and Ludlow as in his father. <laughs> uh, but we also refer to him as Duff, after the legendary um, coach of the Michigan State Spartans, Duffy Doherty. Okay. So we'll we'll refer to you either as Mason or Duff. Okay. <laughs> so, and Duff, after that introduction, uh, do you just want to leave this room and <laughs> go away? <laughs> no, not at all. Okay. Well, Ralph and I can be a little crazy sometimes, but you had made some really good points the other day. And yeah, and one of the things Duff, that <clears throat> I was interested in when you talked to uh, to us at home about. Um, the things that you found necessary to talk to students about because they had never really thought about these things. So help us out with some of that. Sure. Um, I, it, mostly I deal with, with students who are just graduating or have graduated in the last year or two. And my whole questioning process and my whole philosophy is that you, you have to live in the real world and the real world is 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 different than we learn in in 
in college or in, in school period. And we're often not told, and I, I would hope we were told by our parents, but I find that that's not true. Um, and, and that's a financial world. <clears throat> the realities of the financial world are much different than they have been in, in the college world. Yeah, let's, let's unpack that a little bit. Some kids in the college world are working to, uh, to make sure that they can pay their tuition, but a lot of them are still being supported by, by parents. And so things like room and board and tuition, books, car, food, you know, is something that, uh, that they're, they're getting. And then how about you, Ralph, when you graduated from university, was it a shock to you when you finally found out that you had to pay for all this stuff yourself? It was a shock, and I was a little more prepared for it than some students were because I had worked the last couple of years in college to help put myself through. <clears throat> but what really shocked me was the salary point that I would start my teaching job at. Yeah, what, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year? Uh, try four, <laughs> five. Four or five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, <laughs> four or five thousand dollars. Uh -huh. Okay, so you know this sounds like we're going to talk about finance, and and we are, but only from the point of view of cognition, what we know about it, emotion, how we handle money, and behavior, and what we do. So we're keeping it with within the purview of psychology. So this isn't finance one hundred and one right now. This is psych takeaway. Okay, so Duff. The real, the real world then is not based on money, but it certainly has some impact. And these are the students that you're talking to, right? Yes. Okay. And, and the one thing, I, I, I want to go back to something you said earlier. Yes, parents helped. Um, some scholarships helped. But I find that a tremendous amount of students are leaving college owing for a house. And they start out from that far back than most people used to start. And, and, and they don't understand why and they don't understand the impact of that on the rest of their life. Yeah, when I graduated, <clears throat> I, I started university or started uh, work and I had uh, basically no student loan. And so out of the uh, $4,700 that I started uh, as a teacher, I could rent a reasonably nice apartment. But if I had owed $100,000 the way lots of students do today, uh, my cognition would have been very impaired with how do I get out of this enormous debt? I, I think, I, I mean, that's, that's exactly the way I find an awful lot of students that are coming out of colleges and universities um, with this debt. Um, so the first thing I do is I step back and I say, okay, what did you use this debt for? And I find that because of the government loaning that's going on, they don't borrow just their tuition. 
They don't borrow necessarily just their tuition and books. They borrow more. Okay. So, so for four years or five years, they're borrowing more than they are taking in. Consequently, when they walk out of college or university, they owe for those four or five years. And many of them owe for their, truly for their, their, their living. Uh, some of their loan money was used for eating. Um, some of their loan money may have been used for clothing. It was used for, for the university, for, for um, uh, tuition. Um, some of it was used for books. And the books and tuition, I, I don't worry. That's debt. That, that was an investment they're making, and they're going to pay interest on it. Right. Um, the other three things concern me a great deal. Yeah. Now, let's, uh, for our, our listeners, let's put student debt into perspective. Because, you know, we hear about massive student debt, hundreds of thousands of dollars. But that really isn't the, the case. For um, an American college student, it's about $38,000. And for a Canadian uh, student, it's about $28,000. So it's not like we're talking about great, huge sums of money. But at the beginning of your career, it's going to seem kind of like it. Yeah, and the, the $100,000 debt is usually for students who go on graduate. to graduate school. Correct. Yeah, yep. um, going into med school, apparently. Is, you know, well, check that out. Too. All of the, I would tell you, all of the them going into graduate school are, are many of them are going into debt. Yeah. To, to do that. And, and, and they're believing that's an investment in their future. But they don't realize what the cost is either. <clears throat> well, part of the thing, too, and, and this is something that universities do that. Um, <clears throat> They have many rationales for why they do it, but if you're paying uh, $300 a credit for undergraduate, when you get to graduate school, you're going to be paying $700 a credit hour. And, you know, is it absolutely necessary to have two and a half times the cost for each hour you spend in class? Well, the universities say uh, we have to do that because you're going to be uh, doing research and you're going to be uh, much more independent and, uh, and, and, and. Well, a lot of that basically shakes out as you're going to be uh, an underpaid assistant for somebody uh, who's doing the research. So, I mean, it's... I can't argue against it in the sense that I don't know that it's absolutely necessary, but I can argue against it in the sense that it really increases the debt load that students come out with. Okay, now the question is, how much? So we've said it's about 38000 for an undergraduate, okay? Google is, interest. Google is wonderful. We can get information immediately. So I left this computer where we're recording and went to another computer. Guess, I mean, you guys are exactly right. It's about 78000 for a master's degree. And get this, 159000 mm -hmm. for a PhD. Okay. Okay. So uh, 
you and I come out with new PhDs, brand new PhDs, and we go and get a job at a university as a first-time tenure-track assistant professor. Mm -hmm. How much are we going to make? Well, you know, I started at 12500 here at Central Michigan University. What I, year? 1971. Okay, different world. Right. So I think, I think that maybe a... I really don't know. I, I, you know, while you guys hash that one out, Google and I will work on that one. Okay. okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to say that as starting prof uh, in today's world, we'll probably be making um, $60,000 a year. Okay. So if you come out with uh, $159,000 worth of debt. Which are what? Uh, what, what should we be paying uh, to service $150,000, Duffy? Well, if, I mean, let's take a, take a round figure. Let's say you're paying 7% for the money. Okay. You're, you're looking at, at uh, um, over, and they'll, they'll, let, they'll stretch you out over, over as long as you need. Um, but I would tell you, you're, you're going to be paying not what you think for your education. You're going to be paying at least twice that okay, by so the time to, you pile your interest in. So to pay that debt back, I've got $150,000 in student debt. I start off at 60000 arbitrarily. Right. Uh, and over the course of the next... 10 or 15 years, I'm going to pay about 300 and some thousand dollars. Uh, well, that, that is not only the price of, uh, of a house, it's the price of a very good house. Absolutely. And I, I believe nobody tells you that. That's the thing that bothers me more than anything. No one tells you that. And, and, and I want to back up and I want to go back now to the, and I'm going to go to talk about interest and, and what our perceptions are. In the university, they're probably going to tell you that you have to have at least five or six jobs during your career to advance yourself, you're told. Now, I would tell you that understand that all the time you're doing that, you're costing yourself more money because you're moving to different places. Um, every time you change a job, you, you increase your standard of living, um, or you usually do. And, and consequently, this is the hole that continues to be filled. So I start real simply with people that are coming out or have just come out of college. And I, I say, look, how many bosses do you want to have? Okay, that's <clears throat> pretty Ralph, simple. If Ralph and I were to uh, answer that question, we'd probably say, except for our wives, you know, one boss. One boss, yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, for you, you know. A dean and a president was one too many, I understand, right, Ralph? <laughs> yeah. yeah, the the dean was fine. The, the president had Shaky. a couple of couple of screws loose, I think. Yeah. <laughs> we we both know him, don't we? <laughs> okay, so that's what would be our answer, Duff. We, so, we want to be relatively independent, right? And I would tell you that probably ninety percent of the people that I talk to that are coming out of school would say the same thing. Okay. They would say one. So then we would sit down with a piece of paper and I'd start with them and I, and I would say, okay, 
So what are you going to do when you get out of college? Well, I'm going to go to work. I'm going to get a job. And I, I think that's fine, and that's a very good thing. There's their one boss. And, and that's what they think, is that's one boss. However, I say to them, okay, where are you going to live? Well, I'm going to live in a house. Yes, yeah, some of them tell me a house. Some of them will tell me they rent. Um, I say e either of those are great. Um, but I said, wait a minute, we're cutting bosses. I said, what happens if you don't make the payment on the house? And what happens if you don't pay your rent? Well, I, they say, I, 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 I guess I get thrown out. I say, well, it sounds awful lot like a boss to me. So I say, okay, so let's on our piece of paper, let's call that two bosses. Okay, they, they, I think they, I know where, you, <coughs> where you're going with this, because, uh, hey, I need transportation to get to that's work. That's right. Uh -huh. <laughs> Is that going to be another boss? <clears throat> that's right. That's, mm. you, know, you can afford to buy a car. Your dad's going to buy you a car when you come out of school. Well, no, I probably need a car. I say, well, or I got an old car. Um, and I probably would get a new car if I go to work. So that's reasonable. Yeah. How, how, how much are you going to pay for that? Well, I want a nice car. Right. Yeah. You've, and, been, you've been in the car looking business <laughs> lately, Ralph. What's a decent car going for these days? Well, a used car <clears throat> right now, anything that's, let's say, five years old, mm -hmm. uh, the minimum that you're going to pay is $15,000, and it can go up to twenty-five or thirty. If you're looking at, um, let's say, a, a five-year-old truck. Okay, now let me, let me understand this. I just got my PhD. I have $159,000 in debt. My starting salary, which I just Googled, is a little less than $60,000. I've got to get a place to live, and well, $15,000 doesn't sound like a lot of money, because I'm making $60,000. Hmm. Can we live on that? Yeah. Well, that's questionable. <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah. You know, and the next thing is, what? how are you, 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 you told me you want a one boss. We're already up to three. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, what about? Are you going to pay your loan off at all on your 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 student loan? Boss number four, I think you're number four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So, I and 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 car transportation we talked about. You know, do you want a five thousand dollar car? Do you want a fifteen thousand dollar car? Do you have that cash? You know, normally no. they'll say to me, <laughs> no. You know why? Geez, no, but I got a thousand dollars I can put on. I say that's great. So what about that? That's another boss. Because if you don't make the car payment, they'll come pick up the car and yeah. take it back. We had it. Then it's number three, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. So, so and so. of course, you know, part of it too is, I think a lot of students tend to look at their rent and they say. Well, uh, let me see. I'm in uh, off-campus housing right now, and I uh, I'm paying uh, three hundred dollars a month. And you say, okay, well, uh, you you're going to uh, uh, North Carolina, and uh, you're going to start at the university there, and you're going to have your own apartment, and look at the price of apartments around that area, and you discover that. 
gee, a two-bedroom apartment because you want a, a bedroom that you can turn into a study and sure. work in it. Um, that's a thousand dollars or more. Yeah, or good point. More. Yeah, okay. Uh, so <clears throat> at this point, these college students that you're uh, talking with, Duff. They must be getting a little bit uh, green in the face or green around the gills. They start start twitching in their chair. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, now, you're the only guy I know that carries around in his pocket an amortization schedule. Huh? Now, you were talking about that the other night. So, when you start to talk to these students, that's when you drag out the amortization schedule, right? Right. And what do you tell them about that? Well, some of them say to me, I'll buy a house. And I say, that's great. You got 5% down. Um, maybe you can get a house for 5% down. And I say, how much are you going to pay for the house? Um, well, maybe maybe 150000 and And that's certainly reasonable in today's market. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, and I say, okay. And I don't ever tell them what they ought to pay. And I say, well, how much do you think you're going to pay for that? How are you going to pay for that house? Well, probably a 30-year mortgage. Okay. Reasonable. <clears throat> and I say, how much do you think you really paid for that house? Um, well, it's a $150,000 house. That's right. So $150,000. And I'm paying some interest. So, yeah. oh, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm paying $125,000 in interest. The way we do interest on homes, because it's all front-end loaded almost, <clears throat> is... You probably are going to at least pay three hundred thousand dollars for that house. What might be a hair less, but but at, at this point, our <laughs> hypothetical student uh, puts down his yeah. his five dollar coffee. That's right. That's says, right. What is going on here? So and, yeah, and of course, Duffy, as you said, with everything front end loaded, uh, the <clears throat> student has to realize that. If he gets a 30-year mortgage, 15 years of that is not paying on his house. That's correct. About, about 15 years before you really start to pay any any principal off. Yeah. And then it begins to, to be I, more than that. I remember uh, the first house I bought, uh, and I looked at my first statement from the bank that had done my mortgage, and I had paid, I think it was $450 a, a month for that house. And I looked at it and I said, okay, I paid uh, $448 and I, got, I paid $2 on the principal. Mm -hmm. Well, you know something, Ralph? That is something they did not teach us in kindergarten. No. Or grade school. Or and, high school. You know. Or in college. The, the interesting thing to me is that, you know, parents today, many of them are quite willing to talk to their children about sex and sexual activity and STDs and everything. You know, we can have that conversation. But money is still the big verboten topic. We we don't talk to our children, I don't think, enough about... Yeah, about finances. About I mean, finances. Good, good point. And for you and I, Ralph, 
Our parents never talked to us about sex either. That was verboten. You know, <laughs> yeah, <so>. well, <laughs> so now we <laughs> one out of two ain't bad. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now, um, what's the what's the takeaway then for our hypothetical college student, Doc? Well, I, I think it's pretty simple. We talk about <clears throat> the need for savings from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Right, we talk about what are you going to spend your money on. And do you want to support the banker? Because that's what you, with a house, that's really what you do with a 30-year mortgage. Or do you want to spend your money? Um, and, and it takes very early planning. And the first thing you really have to do is you have to knock that student debt out of the way. Because understand, bankruptcy or anything will not wipe that out. That is yours for life. Yeah, so in other words, I say... Well, I, I got a good job, and then the company went broke, and that meant that uh, I couldn't make my car payment, I couldn't make my house payment, so I had to declare bankruptcy. So they took away my car payment, they took away my house payment, but they didn't take away my student loan payment. I still owe 159000 And the government will be saying to me, uh, Gee, Ralph, uh, you know, when you get another job, you're on the hook for us, you know, uh, because that didn't get wiped out in your bankruptcy. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. And the other thing I think that, and this may be a false hope, I think it is, but it may be something that a lot of people are, kind of counting on, and that is uh, sometimes the government talks about, okay, we're going to forgive all student loans. Mm-hmm. And I think when the, uh, the government budgeting board uh, looks at that and says, what's that going to cost the government of the United States? They're going to say, no, we can't do that. Um, I I think you're right. I I I, I, mean, I I think it's like like war. I don't think anybody we ever went into a war that we didn't think we were going to win. And one thing we know after Vietnam and we know after Afghanistan is that you know what? Though they told us we were going to win, I don't think we won. Well, and then <laughs> we, we you know don't count the costs either going in. I just took a look at um, the uh, fixed rate for uh, student loans. It goes from uh, about 5% to about 12%. <laughs> so that's something else. That's huge. You know, when, you, when you are uh, negotiating for a student loan, you better try and find the one that's at 5%. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the thing with, with loans at 12% for students is... Often people will come along and they'll say, well, you know, if you go to X lender, you will get your books and tuition and living costs, but you won't have any free money uh, to say, well, this is my lifestyle while I'm in college. Mm-hmm. But we can loan you half again or double that amount for this year. Correct. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, we charge 
A little bit more. A little bit more. And yeah, it's going, something that's going to be... Uh, Going to be with you for a while too, right? Yeah. Okay. So the the little bit more that kind of slides across the desk very quietly turns out to be seven percent more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they forget to tell you that there is interest charged and accrued during the time you don't make any payments. Okay. It it it's not your your just your borrowed amount. <laughs> And there is interest in the interim. Okay, so you get some money in your freshman year, you're not paying anything off, right. but you're getting accrued interest. That's, That's what you're right. saying? That's I didn't correct. Know, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're going to talk to your, your student about savings. Yep. You're going to talk to your student about how many bosses they, they, have. they are going to have to service, right? Yep. yep. And um, so... What's this poor student gonna gonna do? I mean, okay, I, I got some money coming in. I, I'll save a hundred bucks a month. You know, now what? Well, first of all, they gotta learn to make a budget. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. Right. They they know what their income is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Their net income, and and that gross doesn't have anything to do with your professor that's sixty thousand and truly he only takes home forty. Uh -huh. um, but. He has to know what his net is, and from that, he, you need to make a budget that you can accomplish the things that you have. And you have to make a, make a sheet out that says, I owe this, I owe this, this is what the monthly payment's this, monthly payment's this, and, 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 and then you know what you have to spend on yourself. Mm -hmm. So you're not starting with a salary. You're starting with a, a, a net spendable income. And understand that every time you chew with that, you probably are going to, with a car or with a house um, or with furniture, you probably are going to end up paying interest. So yeah. you, you each time you take on another boss and each time you have to pay that boss. And they get a portion of your money that you're putting into that. Yeah. And you know what, something that we haven't talked about is um, credit card debt, hmm. you know, which is relatively invisible and relatively easy. Until and, you quit making payments. Yeah. And uh, uh, Ralph, did you ever have any credit card debt? I did. Uh, so did Duff, did you ever? Sure. Me, me three. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's in, in, insidious in a, in a way uh, because, you know, if you can't, let's say you can't afford the car payment this month, okay? Yep. Hey, cash advance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now you're into the next pay. Uh huh. Yeah. And and I've had a lot of students that I've talked to in my office who um, have really struggled with credit card debt. Oh, and sure uh, um, the what I've seen is taking out one card to pay for to the pay next another card. Another card. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. And. The thing about that is often, you know, it starts fairly innocuously because somebody says, uh, well, you know, uh, I'm, uh, I'm joining a fraternity or sorority at, at university uh, because I want the contacts for when I get uh, out and graduate 
But there's a certain uh, unstated but their dress code. Mm -hmm. So I better go to Macy's or, uh, you know, J.C. Penney or whoever and get one of their cards. Uh-huh, sure. So all of a sudden I say, well, gee, I'm uh, the best dressed guy on campus, but I owe $1,000 on my uh, clothing card. Mm-hmm. At an interest rate of somewhere between 18 and 23, probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you've done some of the stuff that we've talked about in our, our um, psych takeaways, uh, you probably have done a pretty good job of convincing yourself that this is really an investment in my future. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Which is actually, no, it's clothes that you're wearing to class and impressing people with. Yeah. And uh, a year and a half from now, they are going to be pretty worn out, and you're going to have to replace yeah. them. Okay, yeah. So we've got our, our bosses, our multiple bosses. We have our, our job that probably isn't going to pay us enough money to satisfy all of our bosses. Uh, so what we have to begin to do is to get, do some long-range planning. That's mm -hmm. the budgeting process. And some really hard decision-making. That is, I will, I will buy a $5,000 car instead of the $75,000 uh, uh, suburban that I really want, right? So decision-making. Yeah. Every, every, I think that everyone, everyone will sometime in their lifetime have a mortgage. Yeah. I, I, you have to have a place to live. So that I call that a necessity. Um, now you have to be careful what you pay and, and, and know that what you paid for the house to a realtor or to a bank or whoever is not what the final amount yeah. you have in that house. And you have to, I think you have to accept that. But I would tell you that somewhere along the line I learned and I think everyone has to learn, I cannot spend more than I make and stay alive. At some point, I'll run into the wall. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think that is a good place for us to conclude today, Ralph. Okay, the, the, I, I the have wisdom of, of Mason. Okay, you. Have, uh, I, I have one more point that I want to make, and I want uh, Mason to maybe comment on this. Okay. Years ago, uh, it used to be kind of a standard that when you started work. Um, and you had grown up in whatever church, you know, because most people grew up in churches. In churches. Okay. Uh, and you started working, and the church came to you and said, uh, we think you should begin to tithe okay. now that you're independent. And you would say, yeah, okay, uh, you know, what is the standard tithe? And they would say 10% of your net income. Well, today we have relatively fewer people who have come out of that as their youthful tradition. I think that's correct, yeah. yeah. So my take on it is what you do is you tithe to yourself. You sit down with your income <laughs> okay. yeah. and you say, okay, I have disposable income of $400 a month. 
out of my $60,000 a year. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put $40 a month in an untouchable bank account. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to do that 10% as, as my net income goes up. My, my tithe to myself goes my up. My tithe to myself goes up. Mm -hmm. And I think after 20 years, many people would be amazed to find that, gee, you know, I have enough here now that uh, I can afford to buy yeah. something without having to pay interest. Right. Okay. Yeah. Or, or what's your take on that? Well, I, I think you're right. I, that's, that's all in the budgeting process. And I, I think you have to pay yourself. I think you, if you are a churchgoer, I think you need to pay your church. But all that stuff needs to go into a budget. And it comes, and you have to understand, it comes out of your net. Yeah. <laughs> right? It comes out of what, what you have left after the government has taken, what they want out of the front end. And if you're in a 401k, you're putting a certain amount in the front end for that. Um, or or a retirement account, the same thing. So I, 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 yes, I think budgeting is very, very, very important. And you have to be sure you get everything in it. Okay. Yeah. So, in conclusion, then, to our mythical college student, the takeaway <laughs> is do not spend more than you make. Is that right? That's exactly yeah. right. And, uh, you know, there is going to be a certain amount of emotional pain when you set your budget. Mm-hmm. So, so short-term pain, but long-term gain. Something right. we've talked about with positive psychology. Well, discipline. It's all about discipline. Okay. Coach. Yourself. Yeah. Jeff used to be a coach. Discipline <laughs> is a big deal. So until next time, this is Jim. And Rolf. And Mason. Saying... Hey, keep your stick on the ice. Because we're all in this together. together. Interesting.